March 23rd, 2022. Let's talk tonight about Parashat Shemini. Let's talk about the sin of Nadav and Avihu. I entitled the class The Grapes of Wrath because we're going to focus specifically upon one opinion in the Hachamim quoted in Rashi in source number two that the sin of Nadav and Avihu was that they were Shetuyeyayim, that they were drunk on the scene in the Mishkan during their Avodah. I'd like to really, in a broader sense, talk about in the eyes of the Hachamim what drunkenness or what wine represents and in turn how it influences our understanding of this story. So here it is in source number one, it's in Vayikra Perik Yod. We're going to first read the first two Pesukim in the Perik and then Pasuk Hetru Pasuk Yodal. Vayikhu b'nei Aharon nadava avihu ish mahtato vayitenu bahen esh vayasimu alea ketoret vayakrivu lefnei Adonai esh zara asher lo siva otam. Description of Bnei Aharon, Nadav and Avihu, Vayikhu, they take uh, their mahtot, what's a mahta, it's a pan, Vayitinu bahen esh, they start a fire, they put ketoret on it, and they bring forth in front of God, Lifne Hashem, an esh zara, foreign fire, which they, upon which they were not commanded. There is, someone mentioned to me earlier uh, today, that there's parallels, and it'll be significant for the ensuing conversation, although not necessary. There are parallels perhaps over here already between this and this initial sin in uh, the Torah, and that's the sin of Etz Hadat. It's Vatika Haisha, Hava takes, Vatiten, and she gives it to her husband, to Adam. And there's several other parallels, one of them not on the page in front of you, and that is that as Nadav and Avihu are removed from the Mishkan, the description is they're taken by their kutonot. And ketonet, of course, is what God crafts for Adam and Hava after their sin. Interestingly, it's a Gemara and Masechet Sanhedrin, which describes that either way you slice it, both opinions as to how Nadav and Avihu were specifically burnt, their clothing remained. So the clothing remaining as the aftermath of sin is already a vantage point of vision for paralleling or envisioning this as in some way, which is appropriate and makes sense, relevant or, par- or in the same line of thought as the sin of Adam and Hava. It's that type of thought which I'd like to get into in a couple of minutes as to what will bind these two and in turn how we can understand this circumstance and that one better. Of course, a fire emerges from from in front of God. It needs to be described, but not now. And they die. Later on, several pesukim later. So that's the immediate aftermath is a command not to drink while on the job in the Mishkan, which of course in the eyes of the Hachamim, source number two, the opinion of Rabbi Ishmael is, well, that's what went wrong. They must have been drink, drunk. Now, that's an interesting statement. The other opinion, which Rashi quotes here in source number two, is that of Rabbi Le'ezer. Rabbi Le'ezer says it's not that they were drunk, per se, it's that they were more halacha bifne rabbam. It's that they taught or they determined the law uh, that they could bring this fire instead of asking Moshe. Now, that each of those are interesting and a little difficult to understand because the Pasuk tells us, ostensibly, it's the Esh Zara, She'elo Sivautam. 
It's almost as if this is what underlies that sin. In other words, it's not per se the bringing of the fire, which we know. We know from relationships with others. We know with our children. We know with our significant others. In those circumstances, it's not per se what they did. It's why they did it. It's what brought them to do it. That's the description over here. Does it mean per se in the physical sense that they were drunk? Perhaps, certainly reading those Pesukim, that immediately afterwards there's the warning, don't be drunk on the job. Alternatively, or maybe in tandem with that thought, there's something that underlies this description, this understanding of drunkenness, of drinking wine as being the source or somehow the emblem of sin. That's what I'd like to, over the course of several minutes together with you, discuss and address. Source number that says, not, it doesn't just say, and they died, it says, Vatochalotam, back to, Vatochalotam. Back to Adam But they don't, have, they don't get eaten. No, they eat. Oh, they eat, so it's an eating as well over here. Okay, yeah, clever. No, it's good. In other words, in terms of parallels, you're right. Maybe that's the next parallel over there, right? Vatikah, vatiten, and achiladan. Yeah, absolutely, it'll work It'll work appropriately. Here's where I go with that. I'll jump to it already in source number six, but I'm not going to read it together with you just yet. I'm just going to tell you about it. Source number six, Zohar will talk about the several circumstances where drinking wine or becoming drunk was specifically the source of sin. One of them that it'll mention is Het Sadat, because the opinion of Rabbi Meir, the Gemara Masechet Berachot and Daf Mem, the Gemara Masechet Sanhedrin here in source number five and Daf Ayin, is that that tree from which they ate from wasn't a tree at all. It was a vine of sorts. In other words, Et Sadat was drunkenness or was drinking from wine. It was taking from what we called grapes of wrath, right? In other words, that's the description. So already, if you're to parallel it in the eyes of the hachamim, again, aside from, and there are important textual similarities, it means the hachamim are in some way, not equating per se, but putting these two together in terms of the source of sin or the direction of sin emanating from drinking wine in some way, shape, or fashion. Source number three is the Midrash Tan Humad. Midrash Tan Humad, Talks about Reu Maketi Bibne Aharon. Look at what it says by the sons of Aaron. Shahayu, Skaneke Unavishagubiyaim. They were those those second in command as Kohanim. They weren't the Kohen Gadol, that was Aharon. But nonetheless, they were mistaken with wine. Ki ken amruzikranam nivracha kishitu yeyayin hayu. Opinion of Rabbi Ishmael, we read about in source number two. They were drunk. Ulivichach, and therefore, Sivakadosh Baruchua Harmitatana is here ala yayin. It's for that reason that afterwards we read Yayin Veshechar al Teshata Ubanecha. God is saying, be careful with the wine. Re'u, here's the first reference. Before we talk about Adam and Chava, me'asa Noah. Look at the wrongdoing of Noah. That's the explicit one in the Torah, right? At the end of Parashat Noah, or at the very least, at the end of the description of Noah, we have him, Noah isha adama. he's noteakarem, he plants a vineyard, and he drinks from the wine, of course, exposes himself, and that brings him to a curse of his son, Kenan, which effectively ends the story, a sad ending, a tragic ending to Noah. Ulekach, the end of the Midrash, bottom line, Stay away from wine. It almost appears as if there's an absolute prohibition. Stay away from wine. 
at all costs. It brings you to all sins, like liznut, to sexual promiscuity, shvichutamim, killing, geneva, stealing, chol Now, if you read this midrash together with the Alcoholics Anonymous class, I mean, group, I mean, this would be very appropriate, I assume. I mean, I'm not exactly sure of their methodology, but certainly it's very scary. It's determining, it's describing, stay away from wine at all costs. You read this, you really, I believe, would have set forth, if you read it in a vacuum, a Nazir society. Everybody should be a Nazir, the source of sin for Nadav and Aviyu. Kivyachol, God speaks to Nadav and Aviyu and warns them it's what went wrong with Noah, and it's all source of sin. Here's the interesting, strange part. There's a well-known Midrash, a lot of this will be Midrashic conversation. Over here, the Gemara Masech Nazir, and Davkaf Beta Mudal, which Rashi quotes in Parashat Naso, in Sefer B'Midbar Perek Vav, the Pasuk says that the Nazir was to bring upon his completion of Nizirut a Korban Hatat. And why bring a Korban Hatat? There are several opinions. One of the well-known opinions Rashi quotes in his commentary to the Torah, He's a because he took away from himself wine. Wait a second, I thought wine is the source of all sin. Of course, in moderation, but isn't that interesting that we're somehow teasing out in the eyes of the rabbis the vision for wine, and again, I'm going to, in our context, have this as something greater and further reaching, broader than just not drinking wine or drinking wine appropriately. I'm going to have it as representative of something within the domain of relationship with God. After all, if the description of the Gemara on source number five is, according to Rabbi Meir, that the sin of Adam and Hava much like that of Noah, as the Gemara says, is becoming drunk, well, it means something more than just, you know, you become drunk and you do stupid things. It's more than that. Something about sin itself. After all, the Torah never mentions wine, of course, by Adam and Chava. It does by Noah. The fact that Abimeir injects that, the fact that that becomes a not mainstream, but a major opinion with regards to envisioning what Adam and Chava did, what tree they ate from, what fruit they were involved with, or whatever, that already, for me, speaks to a greater depth to some sort of truth with regard to how the rabbis want us to see wine as representative, symbolic of, so to speak, if drunk wrong, and that's the way I'm going to say it, then it's sinful. So it has something to do with our behavior. Already, again, I'll just take you to the side of this conversation and say equation. I would put this on the side of a blackboard, well, whiteboard, white erase board. And I would put it on the side that yain equals etzadat. Yain equals tovara. Yain, wine, is already representative, I think, for us in bringing it to etzadat, to that's the human side of matters. Whereas etahayim is the divine emet and sheker domain. We always say clothing is the tov and ra domain. Let's add to it wine. After all, if that's what the eating was in the eyes of the rabbis, that's what that's representative of, which means that we have a lot more at stake over here than a lesson, although it's important as well, than a lesson just about drinking wine appropriately. We have at stake over here a relationship with God, a behavior as human beings. What is our mission? After all, we did eat from Eitz Hadat. After all, that was wine. But nonetheless, there's a statement, wine isn't so bad. You shouldn't keep yourself away from it.
Where are we going with this understanding? So again, Zohar in source number six leaves it not the way I had it until now. Further, it doesn't just say Nadav and Avihu in connection to Noah. It brings it into connection with Adam and Hava as well. Tahazeh, of course, Zohar never has Tashema. It has Tahazeh, come and see. Zohar is the book of radiance, of light. It's, it's Talmud Bavli, which is the book of the Mahashachim, Hoshivani, Kimete, Olam. That's the darkness, Tashema. We can listen in darkness. Zohar, which is from Eretz Israel, is vision. It's Tahazeh. Anyway, Tahazeh, Adam Harishon Ishto Sahatalo Anavim Vigarma Lo Mavetul Chol Israel Chola Olam. Adam Harishon, how did he send his wife? Squeezed for him grapes made for him wine, and in turn, he brought death. They brought death for humanity. Noah, Bala Anavim Haelu, Velonishmar Karaui, Makatu, Vayesh Minayam, Vayishkar, Vaitgal, Betok Aholo, Mene Aharon, Shatu Yain Mehem. Interestingly, an extra detail according to the Zohar, not only do they drink from it, they then use it as yayin for nisachim al before dying. Okay, anyway, either way you slice it, you already have a vision of this yayin. Now I bring you a step further in terms of a little bit of the confusion. I wasn't familiar with this until recently, but nah, but, but I had an intuition along these lines. Pirkeder Bileza says you should know that the wine with which Noah created, or the grapes with which Noah created that initial wine after the Mabul, says Pirkeder Bileza, came from vines which he had extracted from Gana Eden, of course. Yes. Now that's a fascinating description took it from Gan Eden, which is the source of goodness. It doesn't say it was Eitzhadat, source of goodness. And he turns out, so again, it's a confusing description over here, this dichotomy on the one hand, the wine, like the Nazir's flip side, could be, should be something, it's, uh, excuse me, uh, Gan Eden oriented. On the other hand, Noah uses that and creates something negative. We can and could really suffice with saying, so it's about being careful with wine. There's more to it than that. So here, here's, here's the more to it than that. Let's first just take a step back. The step back goes as follows. In terms of establishing this relationship, in terms of understanding this Adam Harishon and Havan, the wine, and B'nai Aharon and the wine, so you already, I think, if you've, followed at home or in class the following analysis we've made this this point we've made more than once and that is pause for a second and think again about existence and the torah vision there's existence torah vision there's really two basic domains harambam talks about this at the beginning of moren vuchim we talked about it's emet and sheker domain and it's the tov emra domain emet and sheker is objective truths Let's call that Torah. That's Etzah Hayim. The subjective domain is the Tov and Ra. That's good. That's bad. That's a description of what I feel, what my society might be telling me. It's my own personal feelings. Emet and Sheker is mathematics, is science, is something indisputable. Is Torah. That's Emet and Sheker. Now, we live in a world, clearly, after eating from Etz Hadat, of Tov and Ra. We live in a world of humanity. We're surrounded by a society. Our decisions are made not strictly and can't be strictly by what's true. We have to deal with other human beings. Of course, what the world of a man should look like. That was, that it was, could that was, not exist for you and me. We can't envision it. That's Gan Eden. That's a world in which there is no process. 
Right, so that's before the eating. That's before the eating. That's a metencheck. It's a domain which is foreign to you and me. It's an angelic domain. It's a domain that I can't wrap my head around, but I can accept its existence, although I can't understand it. So it's all deen-oriented. Completely and fully. There's no room for rahamim. It's bereshit. It's the beginning. That's what it is. There's no process whatsoever. It just is... And truth is what reigns supreme. That's what that world is. Well, again, we live in this world of Tovena, and what we've discussed and suggested on more than one occasion is there are nonetheless moments in which, and circumstances, places, and times in which we can find truth. What does truth represent? Absolute, process false to the side. Are you saying that the wine is only meant to exist in a gun and in existence? No, I can't. <laughs> no, quite the opposite. It's what takes us out of there. But give me a second. Now, what are those domains? Ricky, you could plug this in in a second. Those domains are twofold that we've met, or threefold, really. One is Torah. Torah is Emet and Sheket. It is the embodiment. It is the entity of Emet and Sheket. It's like Targum Yerushalmi, Prakedir Abiliezer. Translate those words of source number nine, that Adam and Chava were commanded, Le'ovdal Le'shomra. What's Le'ovdal Le'shomra in the garden? It's mitzvot and Talmud Torah. Come on, there was no Torah. What's mitzvot and Talmud Torah? It's a description of emet and sheker. That's all it is. They're touching and tapping into truths of divinity. But there are two other places in the Torah, to my mind, probably, actually more, to my mind, but two that we need to address where we find these words as a description. And in turn, it triggers our minds, it should, and say, this is where you find the Metin Sheker as well. First one is Mishkan. Mishkan in source number 10, the Pasuk describes the Levim's job in the Mishkan. Vishameru et Mishmarto. What are they supposed to do in this Mishmeret HaMishkan? Vishameru leshomra la'avod et avodat HaMishkan. What do they do? Vishameru et kol oil moed, et kol kele omed. What do they do there? La'avod et avodat HaMishkan. You look at those Pesukim several times, Shemira and Avodah. It's not by mistake. The Torah is telling you, you're looking, you're seeking truth. Truth in this world, find Avodah Bamikdash. We've therefore su- suggested and realized there's a lot of parallels to the Mishkan and in turn in the Mikdash to Gan Eden. It's the Kerubim, of course, which are placed at the entrance to Gan Eden and we find on top of the Aaron. It's in the words of Rashi in source number 12 that the Pasuk describes, Venatati Mishkani Betochechem, Velotigaan Lafshietchem, Vitalachti Betochechem, Vayiti Lachem Lelohim, Vatem Tiuli Laam. Turns us and he says, I'm going to give you my Mishkan, which seems to represent his residing spirit, his manifestation, and I'll walk amongst you. The, already the walk amongst you brings us back to God being mitalech betoch hagan. Rashi, in fact, on that Pasuk says, What's Mishkani? The Beta Mikdash. What's Vihitalachti? Like in Gan Eden. Makes a lot of sense. Of course, that's what he's telling you. Says the Midrash in source number 13, it's in Targum Yerushalmi as well. Well, and that is where does Adam Harishon get banished from the garden? Vayashken, Mikedem Legan Eden, Vayashken, sounds like Milashon Mishkan, Eta Kerubim, Veta Head of Halata Mitapechet, says the Midrash, that's Har Hamoria, that's the place of. The Mikdash, there's close affiliation and association between the Mikdash, the Mishkan, and Gan Eden, because I live in a world in which I engage with other people. How can I find absolute truth? Tap into, find the zone, the domain of absolute truth, which means 
take another step forward or back, depending on how you envision this, just to piece together what we've suggested, what we've set forth so far. So we described how Bnei Aharon, uh, according to the rabbis, are drunk on the job. And we want to understand what's the significance of that drunkenness. So we found other midrashim of the rabbis in which they describe Adam and Hava as drunken in their sin. And now we're saying, well, that means to a certain extent that we have deja vu all over again. We have in the domain of emet and sheker, not that it's the only place you'll find it, a, instead of delving into emet and sheker of the mishkan, of the gan, it's this way out with tov and ra, with drinking. Now, drinking in truth does describe in terms of human beings a state in which we kind of let go. We let go of a certain cognitive clarity. We enjoy yayin yisamach levaveno. She gives a certain pleasure. There is a certain human dimension to drinking. That in turn is for There's me, also a truth dimension to drinking. There might be. There might be. Well, that'll that'll be an interesting dichotomy, which we'll have to address. But certainly, there's a tov and ra dimension. Is there not? 99 times out of 100, I would guess, if not better, when a person's drinking, they will tell you, afterwards or before, they're not drinking in terms of, with the objective or even with the uh, ability to get a, a greater clarity of truth or to get closer to God. 99 times out of 100, they're doing it to let go, to feel good for themselves, to feel happy, to feel elated. That, in my mind, is already the sinful state of sin over the sinful state state of drinking. Excuse me, in these contexts, uh, that's that's what I think we've we haven't gotten full clarity, but we've taken a lot of steps further with regards to understanding something similar taking place over here. There's a little bit more, and here's where the spin will will get a little bit stronger for us in terms of circling us back to understanding what's taking place over here. There's another domain of emet and sheker in life. So again, the gan, emet and sheker. The mishkan, emet and sheker. Life as we know it, tov and ra, amongst people, subjective decisions and determinations. But then there's a, something called Shabbat. The Torah parashat v'ayit hanan, source number 15, says, shamor et yom ha-shabbat le-kadesho, so Shemirat Shabbat, Leshomra, and Avodah, Ul'odah Ta'avod. In truth, the Midrash in source number 14, Tanhuma says, you know what you should do on Shabbat? And it's a, it's a source I skipped in source number eight as well. You should make certain to wear fancy clothing, like the clothing that Adam and Hava wore after they sinned. Now, in both source number 8, the Bimidrabar Rabbah, and source number 14, Tanhuma Yashan, both of them call the clothing of Adam Harishon the clothing of Kohen Gadol. Yes, clothing, and in the past we focused on that. For me right now, it's Kohen Gadol. Makes a lot of sense. Adam and Hava in this domain of Emet and Sheker were wearing the clothing of Kohen Gadol. I mean, it really is bringing me into the picture of Nadav and Aviyu, or not the Kohanim Gedolim, but of Kehunah. It's sort of speak, really making this true and, and, and bringing it into real time that Nadav and Aviyu, instead of seeing them as these individuals in the Mishkan, well, turn them into male and female in the garden. I mean, why not part of Shabbat also? Yes, you're walking right into my trap. So now I talk about Shabbat, and I talk about the significance, the command of wine on Shabbat. Midrabanan 
according to most authorities. But ultimately speaking, there is a very significant role that wine plays to Shabbat, and it's not about abstinence, which is shocking. If wine is the source of all evil, as that Midrash seemed to tell us, if it's where Adam and Hava went wrong, if it's where Nadav and Avihu went wrong, so why is it that the Gemara in source number 17 tells us, Gemara in Pesachim, Andav Kovvav, Zachorat Yom HaShabbat LeKadesh, how do you do Zechirat Shabbat? Al hayayin. Without even bringing a source, by the way, it's Tosafot to quote two pesukim of uh, uh, from from one from Shir Hashirim. Kitovim dodecha miyayin. What's the pasuk over there? Why, why is a, uh, there's a pasuk in Shir Hashirim in which in which zechira and yayin are placed together? There's two pesukim that they point to in Nivi. The Gemara never says. The Gemara just says zochreu al hayayin. Zochreu al hayayin. That's an interesting thing. Wine. Really? That's what you want me doing? So and Shabbat? Clothing. clothing is the symbol of sin as well. Indeed. Shabbat as well brings us to clothing, but we have clothing in the Mishkan. So my purpose right now is on, the, is on the wine. Is on the wine specifically. I'll tell you furthermore, with regards to Shabbat being different than the Mishkan, it's the Gemara and Berachot that we've mentioned on more than one occasion, how the, well, not different than the Mishkan per se, but different than real life. The Gemara describes what Adam HaRishon does after banishment from the garden. What is it that he does? All the melachot of Shabbat. What does he do? He's choresh, vizorea, kotzeh, me'amer, dash, zoreh, boreh, tohen. All the melachot of Shabbat. So the Gemara says he does when he leaves. Why are they going through all those melachot? To tell you those melachot are this world melachot. Shabbat. The construction of the Mishkan where you then don't need to do those things any longer. That's the Emet and Sheikah domain. The Tovlenat domain is where we do all these things. But again, most fundamental for me right now is what we just arrived at. And that is we've led up to this moment in which we're seeing wine on the one hand as this embodiment of sin. On the other hand, we've had a few glimpses of it not being so sinful. The Nazir was wrong. He shouldn't have been abstaining from wine. The wine tree or the grape tree of vine which was planted by Noah came from the Gan. Shabbat makes certain that your Kiddush is done al hayayin. And now, go ahead. You're trying to get back to that moment if you think about it. You're trying to get back to the moment of Gan Eden. And what then? And what, what? And what then? So, of course, our lives are spent in right. this trail and this track of Tov and Ra, trying to get to Met and Sheikh. Why then, on this trail and this track and this on this track of Tov and Ra, am I engaging in wine? Wine's what threw me out of Emet and Sheikh. I, I, I have to perfect that in the world of Tov and Ra. So, what is the perfection? And in that's, truth, that's what make in truth, and in truth, you're right. And 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 let me just sharpen your point. In truth. And we quoted this in an earlier class in source number 18 in Chochmat Shalomo, that's Rabbi Shalomo Luria, as well as several other sources that I saw in the book Migadim Hadashim. He suggests the following, it's quoting from, from several sources, and there are several other sources, I think Eshel Avraham Buchach as well, and several others make the following suggestion, and that is that the wine that we eat, that we drink on Friday night, so he's going a step further that there's a minhag that Maharil and Rama mentioned. As you say Kiddush on Friday night, you look at the you look at the candles. So you're looking at the candles, his suggestion is as a tikkun to the 
dimmed light from Adam Harishon, as the Mekubalim talk about this dim, well, the Gemara Masechet Hagiga talks about a dimmed light of sorts through Adam Harishon's sin. You, as you drink the wine, as you say, Kiddush al Hayat, you're making a tikkun. What is that tikkun, though? How can I make a tikkun on something that, quote unquote, is Sheker, unless it's not Sheker? Oh, unless, unless it was used for Sheker by Adam, and I'll make the point in the following way and then piece everything together. It's a point we made in the past, but I'll repeat it again. It's source number 20 is from Zohar, from Rabbi Menachem Rikanati, bringing forth this Zohar. It goes like this. The Pasuk says to Adam the following command. Vaisav Adonai Elohim al ha'adam lemor. Mikol etz hagan achol tochel. Eat from every tree of the garden. U now, how do we interpret those two pesukim? Peshat certainly goes like this. I tell you, eat from all these trees, but from that tree don't eat. But it doesn't say aval. It doesn't say ach. It says u and from the etz hadat. Now, again, peshat and pesukim probably still means eat from all hundred of these, not from the hundred and first. Something along those lines. Says Zohar, Bimenachem Rekanati says it's not so. Here's how you read it. Eat from all of them, including Etzadat, if you're eating from all of them. Alternatively, if you're just going to eat from Etzadat, that's prohibited. But I don't understand. If Etzadat is poisonous, if Etzadat is the prohibited fruit, if Etzadat is the tov in my existence, I shouldn't be going near it. Don't give me all hundred. Say only all hundred and one. Tell me only a hundred are permitted. The understanding that I have from this goes as follows. Our lives as human beings, our life in a world of tov and ra, by definition will be one in which God says, don't abstain from tov and ra. Just have it as part of a larger structure of Avodat Hashem, together with Etzahayim and any other emet that you'll be able to find in this world. Which means to say that our lives as human beings are not lives, should not be lives of abstinence. However, if our lives become just the wine, if our lives become the wine to the extent that it's the wine as just Tov and Ra, as opposed to the, the, the wine as Tov and Ra, which, inter, which interchanges, which exchanges itself and mixes together with that larger stru- structure of Sivui. In truth, I've said it more than once. This Pasuk describes a Sivui on Kol Hagan. Sivui on all the other trees. That's not a Sivui. That's a reshut. You can eat from any of the trees. No, no, God is saying, you, any action you're doing, envision and understanding, understand it as part of my command. It's a life of mitzvah, as opposed to the great... Context is what it's all about here, which means to say the decisions that you make, the actions, the thoughts, the, the, everything you do are completely and fully contextually determined as to the nature of that. I can be drinking this wine in one circumstance with the same outcome to an outsider as in another circumstance, and they're qualitatively absolutely different. One is 
Purim would be a great example with regards to, if done right, mm-hmm. a mandate. And by the way, be mindful of the fact that according to the Kabbalists, Haman is representative of the Nahash, which means to say, which means to say, so to speak, our tikkun there as well, if done right, is through yayin. Through yayin, terrible. Distance yourself from the yayin. Don't distance yourself from the yayin. Just build the appropriate structure for it. Yeah. Contextualize it within a sivui of all the etzagan, of all the etzagan in which are mitzuveh. The etzadat together with the etzahayim is absolutely appropriate. The etzadat in a vacuum by itself, that's what's inappropriate. I, I bring you back now to the beginning of the class again. And we began the class by realizing and noticing that these b'nei aharon do something which is akin to the sin of Adam and Hava. And we said that Rashi is telling us from Rabbi Ishmael, it's the drinking from wine and the Midrashim were fortifying that and highlighting that. That's what Adam and Hava did wrong as well. And the Pesukim, the Vatikah, the Vayikhu, the Vayitinu, the Vatochal, the Kutonot are really bringing us back to that moment. But wow. to truly understand that moment means to say, they didn't just drink. They were Moreha Nachabifne Rabban. They made a determination in contrast to a larger picture thinking. Which means say those point. two opinions, that is the point. That's not the that is, that is, that the, is point. the point. The right. point is, and, and those two opinions in Rashid, the Biliyaz and Bishmael, Hadamare, one thing and the other one, Vela Pelige. And they're talking about two sides of the same coin. One says, no, they determined it on their own. And the other one says, no, they drank wine. It's exactly the same point in my understanding. The drinking of the wine because they did it on their own, because it's the only thing they were doing as opposed to having this as part of something larger. So for the Nazir not to indulge in wine, we're going to say he has Nazir Elohavarosho. We're going to describe him as a person who's distinguished his or herself. It's not only his, it's Isha or Isha, but anyways, his or herself, the Nazir or the Nazira, I guess. Each of them are both distinguished. However, Hatat, why so? You've determined you're only going to find God on Shabbat? You think God's only to be found in the Mishkan? You can only find him in black and white letters on a page or in a scroll? You're missing a little bit. Kovan Hatat. You have to find him in the wine as well. That's the Hatat of the Nazir. The Nazir has segmented and segregated God to the domains, the places and times in life which are absolute emet and sheker. He has turned God into an experience of Eretz Hayim and not of Eretz Hadat. He's a Nazir. What's that? How do we permit the Nazir to think about it? It's, it's really it's, yes. it's so, it's so Great question. A parashat naso conversation, but I'll tell you right now. We have things called rehab, and rehab bring us to one extreme in order to bounce us back into the middle. So really, so this is just his process to really getting to the, the ultimate really is obviously all-inclusive. Absolutely. Of, of all of Absolutely. And that's the hatat. That's that statement. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's exactly the point. That's what Nazir is, according to this opinion, certainly according to the majority opinions. Nazir is, I'm an individual who finds myself in a state in which I'm stuck, uh-huh. indulging, seeing only the tov and ra, call it that, and I now need to contextualize. Uh-huh. So run away from tov and ra. Uh-huh. Just study the Torah. Just do the Avodah Bamikdash, the Avodah Beshabbat, and so uh-huh. forth. I'll bring you as well to, to the Pirkei that vine of Noah, seriously, from the Gan? Nonsense! That's ridiculous! From the Gan? Why would it be from the Gan? Well, that's exactly the point. There was potential. It may have even been 
creates hadat, quote unquote, in the eyes of Pirkei de There's no problem in that respect. That's right, that comes from the gun. That's a positive reality which, if manipulated wrongfully, if taken out of an appropriate context, is the source of sin, specifically because its context is not painted appropriately, is off. And again, that is that tikkun that we addressed in the past, and again tonight, the Shabbat vision of wine being not something that we run away from, the Purim being a day on which we're involved with wine. So it's not just a story, Nadav and Avihu, in the eyes of the rabbis. Wine in their eyes is not just a story about be careful with what you drink and how you drink it. It's so much more than that. Wine represents for them what we've been talking about all along. And that is how does a human being live in this world in an appropriate fashion? Can I, should I run away from, quote, that wine? Or alternatively, should I be drinking it within a larger context? The description of Vayisav, the way we ended the source sheet, the command was not only on the other trees, on the Etzahayim, but on the Etzadat as well, is a command that we are all supposed to live our lives by. It's an opportunity, it's a mandate to find God in all. Not to suggest to ourselves or to believe for even a moment I can only find them in the Emet and Sheker, but to indulge within, in an appropriate context, the world of Tov and Rab, the wine, and find within that the potential of divinity, the way of tapping into truth, getting onto that path, walking it, traversing it, and finding Emet and Sheker specifically through that wine, to the point that Ricky made earlier. Wine has a way at times of bringing out truths. In fact, Yain, Yod Yod Nun, didn't think I was going here. It's more appropriate for Purim. Yod Yod Nun is the gematria of 70. I can't believe I'm going here. Sod, Samech Vav Dalit is the gematria of 70 as well. Those two 70s, which of course is generally speaking a mystical number. Sod and Yain represent the fact that Yain can bring out Sodot of truth. Yain has that potential to bring forth the truths of existence. Again, not per se because you're drunk. That's too physical in terms of envisioning what I'm saying in Yain. Heviani el beta Yain is the pasuk in Shir Hashirim. The Chachamim and the Mekubalim alike love to talk about that in the context of Torah. Torah, that sod of Torah, the Shiv'im Panim of Torah, is the Yain of existence. Again, less in the physical sense, unless someone knows how to do it right. I've yet to meet that person, right? But more in the conceptual sense. Yain is representative of life as a human being and the way to find absolute truth ironically, or maybe at this point intuitively for human beings is specifically through the yayin of existence, through that tovena, which brings me to the ultimate moments and life of emet and sheke. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.